Okay. okay. Let me take a drink because my throat's <laughs> shot. Okay. Oh, I'm not used to talking this much. I've been isolated for like 3,000 years. Welcome back to the Christ in Culture. This is Gordon. And this is Clint. And guess what, Clint? What? Do you know what today is? Today is Saturday. Today's my birthday. Is it really? Now I feel awful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just another day. You you were planning that, weren't you? Whoops. <laughs> Wait, today that we're recording or today that uh, no, today the episode that, drops? The day that people are listening. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. Now no I feel matter so what bad. day you listen to this episode, it is my birthday. Happy birthday! I know. It's not crazy. Didn't we have, I think we have some uh, happy birthday sound effects somewhere. We'll throw those in because why not? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, dear. Happy birthday. Have you listened to any of the quarantine episodes? Uh, our episodes? Yeah. Other than editing, no, I haven't gone back and listened to any yet. Okay. Just because the first two, I think, you, you called them the quarantine or Christ and Culture on lockdown. And so every time we said that, I put in the Law and Order sound effect. That's awesome. <laughs> Actually, in, in college, I took this, uh, what was it? It was like uh, one of my international studies class. We had to do like this fake interview uh, program or something. Uh, it's like a radio show. Oh, my gosh. I just realized that's the first podcast I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> I made a podcast without realizing it. Okay, uh, but it was like this fake interview uh, that we had to do, um, and we we did it as if it was like the Law and Order kind of show. So we oh, we nice. used used the same kind of sound effects. So speaking of Law and Order and TV shows, transition bingo. What have you been taking in? Uh, I've played more Zoom games with my family the other day, and because of that. Uh, Lizzie and I bought one of the Jackbox Party Box games. Okay. So we played a bunch of those. And then we watched another movie that Lizzie's always wanted to watch. I knew nothing about it, but it was fantastic. It's called The Big Sick. That sounds familiar, but I've definitely never seen it. The Big Sick? Not six, like the number. The Big Sick. No, like like, I feel sick, gross. Yeah. Um, comedian Kamil Nanjiani. He's a Pakistani comedian mm-hmm. who's like real big. It's basically like the story of him and his wife and how they like met and got married. And it's Judd Apatow movie. Same guy that made like uh, Trainwreck and some other comedies. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a comedy, but it's also like a really sweet love story. But it's a true story and it's great. Hmm. Yeah, I just looked yeah. it up too. I've definitely seen 
like a commercial or something for it, but I've never seen it. Really, really good. I would definitely recommend if you like awesome. like comedians and comedies. It's it's a really good movie. Cool. And that's about it. Dang, you have been keeping it uh, pretty light. Or I guess you're just doing the same stuff every week. Yeah. Same shows. So everything else is like seasons of things. So I've been watching like episodes, but as far as what's new, that's yeah. it. Uh, okay, well, I'll go ahead and jump in. So, I mean, I've been playing a lot of video games still. I've mentioned basically the same video games over and over again. But one of the new ones that I started playing, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, I enjoyed that Seven Days to Die game that I've been playing with uh, Davis so much that I I bought Minecraft. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I did. Uh, so I, I have Minecraft. There you go. And then I started reading the next book in the game of thrones series which is storm of swords uh, i'm going to go ahead and say now obviously adult content so don't send that book to your kids besides it's like 1200 pages so you probably shouldn't send it to them anyways but then something that's kind of like out there and different compared to what i typically talk about is my media i've been watching this youtube channel which i've kind of been watching for a while but like have like these spurts of just obsession with it it's called useful charts and it's literally just this like group of guys i think they're historians um who create these literally useful charts that's it and they make youtube series like explaining their charts but the ones that i'm obsessed with are the lineages and ancestors and like who would be king today for the country of insert whatever country that's no longer a country anymore kind of thing. Um, so just really cool stuff where they trace lineage and, and stuff like that and go through the history of all these different kingdoms. So I'll just like binge the entire royal lineage of basically all of Europe in an afternoon or something like that. <laughs> uh, so that's cool. Um, and then music wise, I've been listening to a lot of, uh, I think his name is Louis Capaldi. He's pretty famous right now. Um, but yeah, he's just like a, a pop artist. And then Ed Sheeran, obviously a big fan of Ed Sheeran. We've talked about him a lot. Outlander season five. I've talked about that show before. Again, I'm going to say spoiler or not spoiler alert, but adult content alert on that. It's not nearly as bad as Game of Thrones, but there's definitely some sporadic episodes in there that you don't want to watch with your kids. Um, but that show is amazing. Um and then a show that I actually watched a couple weeks ago, or a movie that I actually watched a couple weeks ago, but that we're talking about today, and you've seen it before as well, you said. So it's secondhand. Yeah, I love this movie. Yeah, it's secondhand lions. And I think the reason why you enjoy it so much, and I'm just going to take this guess, and probably the reason why I enjoy it so much is it has a lot in common to one of our favorite movies, which is Big Fish. Do you agree yeah. or disagree? I could agree with that. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I, I think there's a lot of kind of connections there. And if you also enjoy Big Fish or maybe you've never seen it before and you want to learn more about it, go check out our episode that we did on that called How Big Is Your Story? Right? That's what we call it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy how these episode so names... So big. So big. <laughs> it's like when you're talking to a little kid. How big is your story? Is it this big? It's so big. Oh my gosh, this means I need sleep. Okay, uh, so characters in this movie, there's really only three main characters. So the first one, his name is Walter. Uh, well, 
Yeah, so we'll start with that. It, the, the movie takes place in like the 1920s, 30s, somewhere in there. I think it's during the Great Depression kind of era. So Walter is played by Haley Joel Osment. Uh, if you were alive in the 90s, you know who he is, but he was in stuff like uh, The Sixth Sense, Pay It Forward, stuff like that. He was pretty big back then. The next character is his uncle Garth, played by Michael Caine. Uh, the famous Brit. He plays, uh, he's in Batman. He's in Now You See Me and Now You See Me Too. He's in the Kingsman movies. He's in Austin Powers. Um, very famous British actor. Um, but ironically, he's playing a Texan in, in this movie. So he has like a weird Southern accent, but played by a British man. So that's kind of weird to hear. And the third character is his brother, also Walter's uncle, Hub. And that's played by Robert Duvall who's from The Godfather, Kicking and Screaming, all kinds of different stuff as well. So pretty big actors, I would say, for uh, especially the, the time the movie came out. So any other characters you think we should mention right now? I think those are basically the main people. Yeah, that's about it. Okay, so the summary or kind of the premise of, of the movie is that Walter's mother, who is super irresponsible and she's a single mom, drops him off for the summer at his great uncle's place. And you can't see me, but putting that in quotation marks, um, <laughs> they don't even know who he is that, or that he's even alive or anything like that. I don't think they've ever met before. And it sounds like from the movie, they had only met his mom like once when she was younger or something like that. So they don't even know who she is either. And so she's pretending like this is like just a family reunion, but they have no idea who she is. So they disappeared for 40 years and just showed up again out of nowhere. And now she's really the reason she's dropping him off for the summer is to try and figure out where uh, their fortune is. Because apparently they're loaded or if he can convince them to leave their money to him and therefore leave it to her so she can get rich. So it's a it's a get rich quick scheme by dropping her son off at these random guys' house, basically. Yep. <clears throat> and that's basically the movie. <laughs> uh, so the end. We're done. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the so podcast. It, it the the rest of the movie is basically just they're uh, coming to grips with the the uncles do not like having any anybody around. Period. They like to stay to themselves be private, stuff like that. And Walter is, he's a kid. Like he wants to play games and watch TV and stuff like that, but they don't have any of that stuff. They're completely off the grid. And so they're both coming to grips with their situation. Uh, and throughout the movie, they develop an actual relationship. Um, and I'm going to try not to spoil too much more than that, but that's basically the gist of it. So one of the things I want to point out is when he gets there, they make him sleep in the attic, which they call the tower, and he finds this huge locked chest with stickers from all around the world on it. And he accidentally finds the key, but when he opens it, it's mostly just full of sand and a photo of this young woman. And later that night, just after that, he finds his uncle Hub sleepwalking through the middle of the night out into the, the farm because they live in the middle of nowhere on a farm. And he's just walking out and he's like, he, for first he's just standing there at the, uh, like the pond, but then he starts sword fighting and he falls in the water and is just like going to town in this imaginary sword fight 
with no one actually there. And it's, it's an old guy, right? Um, so at breakfast, Walter asks where they had been for the last 40 years. And Garth, the other brother, starts to tell him that they had spent most of their time in Africa, but then Hub cuts him off and doesn't let him share the rest of the story. So throughout this whole movie, we see Walter trying to figure out what is their story? Where have they been for these 40 years? And throughout the story, Hub is the only one who actually tells him anything. And so we have Hub giving these like, bits and pieces of the story and then other people saying like that's not the true story like obviously that's not real so we'll we'll dive into the story a little bit but i don't want to spoil too much of what the actual story is so with that some of their other distant family shows up to quote unquote visit and they try to do the same thing they try to take advantage of the uncles to get their money and they see that walter's there doing the same thing and so they try getting him sent to an orphanage walter runs away and he runs to a gas station where there's a phone. He calls the college that his mom said that she was going to be at. And he learns that she never actually registered there. She had lied to him all along and he has no idea where she is. She could be anywhere. And that's where we start to see that Walter had been to orphanages before. His mom had just left him, gone off on some adventure with, with some guy lied to him and, and and that's it. And so he's terrified of that happening again. And this is where the relationship between the three of them, Hub, Garth, and Walter, really starts, I think. So we'll kind of just skip some of the story in between. But then later on, Walter sees Hub sleepwalking in the middle of the night again. And this time, Garth also goes out there and sees Walter kind of just watching him. And Garth stops him. And he explains why Hub sleepwalks. He says that Hub is looking for a girl named Jasmine. And he explains in 1914, Hub convinced both of their parents that the two of them, so Hub and Garth, needed to leave Texas and to go travel Europe. For anyone who knows anything about history, some stuff happened around that time, uh, like a world war. Um, and so they got to France just as World War I began, and they tried to basically tour the entire continent of Europe before the Germans got there was their goal to try and hit as much of it as possible before the Germans captured it. But then some French soldiers got them drunk and Shanghai them and basically forced them into the French army. So they were sent to North Africa where they fought for the French. After that, Garth led safaris and then Hub got commissioned to fight slave traders and to release slaves. And so that's the first part of the story that, that we learn. Yeah. So, so far, anything you want to throw in? Not that I can think of. Okay. Then I'm going to try and just cruise through some of this, and then we can talk about some themes. Great. So after some time passes, Walter gets a letter from his mom telling him lies about college. So, again, telling him that he's in college or that she's in college, uh, which he already knows is false. And then he looks at the postage and it says Las Vegas. So he knows that she's actually in Vegas and just lying to him again. Um, eventually, they get so bored, the the uncles do, of like being old. And this is, this is mostly Hub, I guess. He, yeah. just, he has this like desire for adventure that is ridiculous, even for a young man. 
but he's like, I don't know, probably in their sixties or something like that. And so they have this truck full of exotic animals show up and, it, and it's literally, uh, they're selling zoo animals that just got too old or whatever. And hub and Garth bought a lion. And this is where the, the name of the movie comes in secondhand lions. So they just buy a lion and they're going to shoot it. But then they realize that when they open up the crate to shoot it, it's completely like tame and sick. So it's like, it's not going to fight back. So their whole adventure of hunting a lion is not really an adventure at all. So they agree to let Walter take care of this lion. And then once it feels better, then they'll hunt it and shoot it. So that's, that's the gist of that. So the, one of the big reasons why the lion is a big deal is when they go to buy lion food, which they buy in like a truckload of 50 pound bags, hub being this guy full of adventure decides that he's going to carry all of it himself instead of letting the, the young workers do the carrying for him. And he ends up having a heart attack while loading the, the lion food. So they go to the hospital and this is where we actually learn more about their story because someone in the hospital is like, talking to walter and saying you need to get away from that that those guys they're dangerous they used to work for al capone in the mafia and that's why they're rich and so they're hitmen so you need to stay away from them so walter's like okay and then he goes over to garth and he's like can you tell me more about the story so garth keeps going he says that one of the girls that hub rescued from the the slave traders was actually a handmaiden for the the princess and the princess wanted to meet this brave rescuer and so they do blah 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 blah. next thing you know they fall in love but she is promised to marry a wealthy sheik so there's some big trouble there and all that stuff later on uh they go into more details about the story but before we get there when garth is or hold on when hub is feeling better he says what bothers him the most about all of this is being useless because they can't do anything but garden, which is the the hobby that they took up. And mm-hmm. he hates gardening. He's like, this is so boring. Like this is not an adventure. Um, and so he's all about just like, he keeps talking about feeling useless. And then later on, this is towards the end of the movie. One of the quotes he says is it won't be long until the kid here could beat me in a fight. It won't be long until I'm helpless. I'm useless. So it keeps coming up over and over and over again. So I wanted to talk about that as a theme, the idea of uselessness. Um, and yeah, I. so let, let me get your, your thoughts first and then I'll kind of share what I was thinking. On what it means to be useless? Yeah, like uselessness, uselessness and adventure and just the idea of like play. Hmm. Well, I think... I think it's interesting. I I think what comes to mind is like we talk about a desire for adventure, a desire for these things because of our innate desire uh, for God and for Jesus and for something greater. And that's like the core of it. And that's the truth. But I do think, I do think there's this human aspect to it where we desire this greater thing. We desire this story of our own because we don't want to come to the end, you know, of our, our, I guess, our death on earth, as you will, and have no adventure, have nothing to share. And in the end, be like, I was, 
I was useless. Um, right. And I think what's powerful about that is, you know, some things that you, I think you and I do with our teens is share about saint stories where they didn't do much of anything. But we, but we, they've been, you know, canonized capital S saint because they made their ordinary life extraordinary. Saint Therese and so saint. like, right. It, there is there's just these lives that, you know, on paper seem useless and they didn't, they didn't seem to do much, but they did it for God and they did it for that adventure and that was useful and that was greater. And so, I mean, I, I struggle with that, like feeling useless sometimes and I, I hate it. It's actually a pet peeve of mine. I don't want to be useless. I want, I always question like, what do I want in the end for people to remember? And one thing is like, it's really hard in relationships or even marriage is that I've learned in this core team is like there are times when the significant other you're with or other people are going through something that you really can't do anything for them. And that is something I struggle with. It's like, what can I do? How can I help? Nothing. Can you just sit here with me? Great. Is this helping? Not really, but it's all you can do. Okay, cool. I feel totally youthless right now. Right. Um, and it's hard, and I'm sure it's going to get hard growing old, but uh, doing, just doing, doing what you can for God is, is the most useful thing you can do. Yeah, and I, I think even to the root of like those words, useless and useful, like it gets to this mentality of, uh, like I guess Americans in general, but just really the, the West, I think, is super guilty of the idea of use. Like, this is yeah. only valuable because it's good for something else. It's useful. Right. And I think, I, I wrote this article about this in our, our bulletin for the parish a while back about the, the idea of usefulness and uselessness. And I think when we say things are valuable because they're useful, we start to impose that on people as well, right? And we look at that in society where, uh, was it, I think last week, episode we, we talked about this but the idea of like when someone is older we put them in a nursing home and then yeah they're so often they're forgotten why because they're not useful to society quote unquote useful to society anymore so we get rid of them right and the same thing for uh abortion a lot of the times the reason why people can justify or try to justify abortion sometimes is they say that they're they're not useful to society yet they're not gonna they're just needy they're gonna be a, a leech on on the parents right or on the mother whatever uh, and that's such a like heart-wrenching argument first off to say that any human being is useless they, and therefore has no value right but bishop Barron mentioned this uh, in a homily i think a few years ago about uselessness and the beauty of uselessness because if you think about uselessness like in a philosophical way to be useless means to have no other purpose than itself. And so in order for it to have value, it has to be good in itself. And so things like play, like playing a game is useless. There's nothing that comes from playing a game, right? Other than like having fun and just being in that moment. That There's no real benefit or productivity to that. But it's still good. It has value. Um, mm -hmm. Or the idea of adventure. Like if we're being honest, in itself, 
the adventure is useless. It's not producing anything. Different actions within the adventure might be productive, but the adventure itself is useless. But it's good. Like you said, we have a desire for that because it helps lead us to Christ. And so I think this idea of we need to be productive to be useful in order to be valued, I I think that's so skewed. And I think it's one of the things that we struggle with the most. But if we look at even our faith, a lot of the times things that seem useless are actually the most valuable, right? Sitting and talking to someone we can't see seems pretty useless. But prayer is is powerful. It's one of the things that has the most value. Silence. Again, it's it's useless. It's not productive, but it's valuable. Um, basically, any form of worship that we do seems useless, but it's yeah. valuable and, and it's good in itself. And so I, I just think there's something to that theme of why, why is uselessness such a bad thing? But... I see where you're going because I hate that too. I mean, I'm just as guilty of this too. I, I, I love productivity and that's why we always, uh, I feel like you and I have talked about that before where we don't like the word busy because it makes us feel like busy is, is always a good thing. Or what was the phrasing that we used? Active. That's what we decided to use. Right. Yeah, and this this reminds me, especially what you said about Bishop Barron's homily. This reminds me of a conversation I had with my grandma recently, where we were, I called her to see how she was doing, and she was like, "Yeah, I was talking to your cousin, and she asked me if I was bored, and I was like, "No, I don't have time to be bored. I have so much stuff to do." Which she always says that, and I don't know really what she has to do, but <laughs> I was like, "Mima, boredom is good," and she's like, "How is boredom good? What are you talking about?" And I was like. It's healthy to be bored once in a while. When you're bored, that literally means you're not thinking about what you have to do next. You're not doing anything. You're just at rest. And because of that, you're bored. And it's good. And it, we, we use this term bored because we don't like it because we're not doing anything. We think it's bad, but it's good. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just it comes to some use uh, because we're not always constantly. And I think we live in a world where I think Catching Fox was just talking about this, where like someone comes home and they look tired and disheveled, and we see that and we say, that person did something today. Mm -hmm. They accomplished something because they're tired and they they worked to exhaustion rather than being being bored or being useless and allowing that to be something of use and good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like you said, like being bored is good because in boredom, we are forced to be creative. Right. right, and that's I think that's part of the reason why so much creativity has died in modern culture, uh, especially in the young, because we are never bored. We're always entertained by something or distracted by something. But yeah, I I, I think there's a lot to that uh, that concept. Yeah, I agree. So, b- before we keep going, there is obviously more to the whole story with with Hub and Africa and and all that stuff. But I want to discuss just really briefly the idea of the the power of story. And that's one of the central, I guess, themes of our show in general, just the idea that a story is powerful and understanding that story conveys a lot. So I've been talking a lot. Do you want to break that down a little bit? Because obviously that's the central theme of, of this movie. Uh, I'm gonna. I want you to actually break it down first because I have something, but I don't think it's on par with 
the right way to start. Okay. So the power of a story, right? So when we think about like human history, we see that th from the very beginning of time, like we literally have cave paintings of cavemen trying to tell stories with their drawings, right? And so we know that from the beginning of humanity, we have always been just drawn to story. And I think there's a lot to that. And, and there's a lot of like psychology that's been done around this too. Um, but there's one, a story helps us relate, right? It, it communicates ideas, it communicates thoughts, it communicates feelings. And because of that, we're able to relate with one another. And so that obviously is a huge part of Christianity and part of our faith where through communication, through relating with one another, we enter into what is called communion, right? A church that is united. So first thing that comes from story is communion. But then even beyond that, stories, especially, I guess, part of the reason why I love this so much is like Tolkien talks about this a lot with his uh, essay on fairy stories, um, but how things that are called fantasy or maybe not real, quote unquote real, things that are fictional, a lot of the times can actually draw us into something that is a more real concept than reality. And that's a really weird thing to say. But we, we did a whole episode on that with uh, our Chris. good friend Chris uh, on the episode we did with Tolkien. But Yeah, on Humpty uh, Dumpty. Uh, yes. Oh, I forgot about that. So I'll, I'll th we'll throw a link to, to that in here as well. But if you're interested in what that means, but it's through fiction stories that we can actually be drawn into concepts that are more real than the reality that we experience. Because we can often be distorted by what we, we perceive or what we feel and we don't actually understand the reality around us. And so these fantasy stories actually help draw us into things that are more real, which sounds weird, um, but go listen to that episode and you'll understand what we're talking about. Yeah. So I, I think there is the reason why we are drawn so heavily to those things is for those two reasons. Obviously, there's a whole bunch of other reasons, but I think those are two of the biggest ones. And they both have to do with our faith, um, because when we understand reality more, we know that Christ himself is the way, the truth, and the life. And so if we understand the reality of what things are, in so doing, we also have a, a better understanding of who God is. Does that make sense? I feel like I just got... No, totally. And I think, okay. so what came to mind, and I won't go into the whole thing because it's just a whole off tangent, but essentially to keep it on with what you're saying, it's really interesting because me and Lizzie were praying with Mass on Sunday it's literally the way the liturgy of the word in mass and just the Bible is structured. It's structured that same way. And yes, like the Bible is like in, in some essence, like history and things that happened. And so it's not like fantasy, but we have the old Testament readings first. And then maybe because it's telling this story to, for, so we can relive this bigger picture of the gospel and the gospel being, that Jesus died and was resurrected for our sake. And we're reliving these other stories to remember the new covenant, not just to remember like the old covenants and stuff, but because this, those stories and those, you know, those other books reveal a bigger truth to the gospel in the same way that you were saying these fantasies, like help us understand these harder and bigger concepts, these bigger truths. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So 
let, let's go ahead and, and move into the next thing because we're actually getting back into the Africa story again at this point in the movie. But I'm not going to spoil this part because I don't think there's any themes that we need to pull out of it. So go watch the movie. I'm not going to spoil that part of the story. And at the end, this time Garth says that if Walter wants to know the end of the story, then he, he needs to ask Hub because it's his story to tell. And so I think there's something to that as well. What, what I kind of thought of is like, as Christians, we participate and we share in the same story of Christ, right? He invites us into his story. So our story is like, a, I don't know, like a sub chapter of, of his great story. Um, right. So we're, we're all participating in, in this, this one great story. Uh, and it's, it's our story to share. And a lot of the times we're afraid to share our faith. But in reality, when it comes down to it, this is our story to tell. And I... I've mentioned this before, but when when I first got into speaking about the faith, people were asking me to give testimonies and stuff like that. And every time I, I would just say, like, I'm nobody. Like, I don't have a story. I don't have a conversion story. It's nothing grand or anything like that. And it wasn't until one of my good friends told me about how my faith has impacted her. And she's like the ones, the person that I look up to the most in my faith. And so it wasn't until she said something like that, that I realized that my story actually had power. And now obviously working in ministry for years, I know that like everyone's testimony has so much power. And that's because it's it's our story to tell. And it's not because our story is great, but it's because Christ's story is great. And we share and participate in that story. Does that make sense? Yes, completely. Okay. Okay, great. And so I, I think there's something to that of like the end of the story needs to be told by us. Like it's it's our duty, it's our responsibility to share that that with others. So after that, Hub is trying to step up his crazy adventure game. He buys an airplane and he knows it's dangerous. He doesn't have a pilot's license. He's completely crazy and it's really just for the thrill. And so things are trying to get dangerous and Walter and Garth both see, excuse me, both see how crazy dangerous this is. Um, so that night, they're sleep, sleepwalking again. Walter walks out there and wakes Hub up, which is super dangerous to wake something up who's sleepwalking, but he does it anyways. He says, I have to know what happened to her. I have to. So obviously he's talking about Jasmine, right? Going back to the story from before. And he's trying to get the, the end of the story. And Hub explains what happens. It, it's not really relevant to this theme. So I'm, I'm not going to spoil that. But eventually, after everything happens, he comes back to Texas with Garth. So then Walter says, those stories about Africa, about you, they're true, aren't, aren't they? And Hub says, it doesn't matter. And at this point, Walter like really speaks up. He says, it does too. Around my mom, all I hear is lies. And Hub says, if you want to believe in something, then believe in it. Just because something ain't true, that's no reason you can't believe in it. Sometimes the things that people need to believe in the most are the things that may not be true. That people are basically good. That honor, courage, virtue mean everything. That power and money mean nothing. That good always triumphs over evil. And I want you to remember this. That love, that true love never dies. 
Remember that, boy. Remember that. It doesn't matter if they're true or not. A man should believe in those things because those things are things worth believing in. What are your thoughts on, on that whole conversation? Well, the, the, it's not all true. The quote, just because something ain't true, there's no reason you can't believe in it. That's true because we have free will, so we can mm-hmm. choose to believe whatever we want. However, does just because we choose to believe in something doesn't make it true. So, you know, that goes back to objective versus subjective truth. And we've talked about that in the past. And so, like, you can choose to believe in something all you want. I think what he's trying to convey to Walter, and I think what is true about this, is the worthiness of believing in in, in these things, like of virtues and of, of love, love never dies. It's basically he's speaking into the virtue of hope mm-hmm. and what it means to have hope and how hope keeps belief alive and keeps like can keep us alive like and and spiritually mentally and all those things so yeah that's what i take away from it yeah i that that was my thought too because the the major part of this uh conversation is that part from hub and like you said the concept itself is not true but what he's trying to get across is right and i think i think you hit it right on the head there but the other thing with this conversation i I think there's a couple of really big themes in here. Number one is we see in that very first line, I have to know what happened to her. I have to. Walter has this uncontrollable desire for truth. He wants to know so badly, not just the story, but he wants to know the truth about his uncles and like what happened to them. And I think we all have that, right? And that's another like major theme of, of our podcast in general is like we have this desire to know truth. We've mentioned this multiple times on, on the show before with like the true crime kind of shows and stuff like that. Right. Like we, we have this desire to know what is true. And well, think, like, go ahead. I, I think that's the concept for like anything. That's why we get hooked on shows. Is once you've seen a season, you're like, well, if there's going to be another season, I got to know because I'm already invested. Yeah, I need to know what's yeah. true. Exactly. You know, cliffhangers, all those things. Like like those famous Leonardo DiCaprio movies that we don't know the ending, what's true. It, it wrecks us. We're talking about it with friends today and we're like, I hate it. That's why I didn't win any Oscars because we didn't know it was true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But then the next big thing in here is uh his let's see his next line here right so he asks uh if the stories were true and then hub says it doesn't matter he's like it does too around my mom all i hear is lies and so like to him truth is everything right and so we see the damage done by lies versus the power of healing through truth like and so this whole journey for him this this entire summer has been like this healing experience of him. Uh, I mean, in, in the movie that he's like talking about how it's making him a man, right? Uh, being away from his mother, who's just filling his life with lies all the time and coming into this relationship with these guys who are obnoxiously, brutally honest, uh, like at all times, no matter how much it, it, it hurts someone. Um, like, they are so honest. And like even with this story that seems so outlandish, Walter recognizing recognizes that it is true. 
And because of that, he is able to find healing with them. Anything else you want to speak on that? I know we talked a lot about lies and truth last week. No, I think that, yeah, I think there's other ways you can cover it, but I think that's great. Okay. Um, so after all this happens, just to kind of mix up the storyline a little bit, you know, the writers had to throw in Walter's mom showing up. So she shows up with this private detective who she's been dating in uh, Las Vegas and they're basically there to take the money. And so they're trying to get Walter to, to join them and to leave. And again, we see just them packing him full of lies, trying to convince him that the whole story that, that we had just been talking about isn't true. Um, and I don't want to spoil too much there, but even throughout this, this whole ending couple scenes, we see lie, lie, lie. And then in the very end, uh, gosh, I don't want to sp- spoil the ending for this because it is really, really good. Uh, it's so in, old, though. Okay, yeah, that's true. It's like, uh, I don't know, almost 20 years old probably. Um, okay. Well, in, in the end, after uh, the mom ends up taking him away, they, they drive away, and she kind of explains that she's lying. She's not actually going to leave the the jerk of a detective who just abused Walter, who just like punched Walter, like literally just beat him up. He's a kid. Um, he's going to, she's going to stay with him. And so he literally opens the car door, jumps out onto the road as they're driving and just like starts walking back to the farm. And she like stops it, stops the car, goes o- over to him. Um, and he says, you always think a new boyfriend solves everything. But you always choose losers, and he's the worst of them all. And she says, Walter, we have no choice. He says, maybe you don't. Mom, do something for me. For once. Do something that's best for me. Okay? And the quote itself sounds kind of selfish. But if you think about it, it's asking her to be selfless for the first time. Right. Uh, and as as a parent, like that is one of the things that like parents are called to, and obviously we're all called to, but in a special way, parents are called to be selfless for their children and for their their spouse. Um, and she just never understood that, and she was literally using him to get the money at the beginning of the show or at the beginning of the movie. Um, so again, spoiler, he ends up going back to the farm, blah 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 blah, and then years later. When he's grown up, uh, he gets a call to go back to the farm because they had passed away. And when he's there, he finds out that they left everything to him. Excuse me. And then as he's talking to the lawyer, this helicopter shows up and it's this wealthy. uh, Well, he's actually from Houston, which is kind of funny, but a a wealthy oil uh, like salesman or whatever and we find out that it's the grandson of the sheik from the story and so we realize that the whole story really really was true but we also find out that the sheik respected hub so much from from everything that happened that he told his kids as well and so just the same way that they passed the story on to um, walter the sheik had passed his story on to his kids and so we see the grandson and the great grandson are there, and the great great the 
hold on the great grandson <laughs> says to his dad so the, the grandson so the two men from great grandfather's story really lived and then adult walter says yeah they really lived and like the fact that they really lived and they really embraced this adventure um and the life that they were given to the fullest and, and that's kind of the end of the movie so uh, we sp- spoiled some of it there at the end, but like Gordon said, you had like 20 to 30 years to watch it. So that's on you. Um, but just a few more things in this. Um, one of the things I didn't mention as, as a theme that I think is pretty big is the fact that every night Hub would go out to that pond and he would look up at the moon and he would relive that story. And from what we learned from Garth, we know that he was pursuing and seeking his love, right? Which was that that Princess Jasmine, uh, which is also kind of ironic because that's the princess from Aladdin. Uh, Aladdin. He could probably show her the world, but you know, stuff happened. So, <laughs> yeah. But the the whole idea of like seeking love, right, and going out there every night to seek love. And in the same way of seeking truth, like we talked about that before, we know that God himself is truth, but he is also the the essence of what love is. He is love itself. He is love incarnate. And so because of that, when we are seeking love, even in a relationship, a romantic relationship, ultimately what we're seeking is just a shadow of who God is. And so even in that desire of him walking out there every night, subconsciously seeking that love he's also seeking god the the divine love any other thoughts no i mean i think you might feel like you did a lot of talking but i think you've hit all the last major themes perfectly so i really have nothing else to add i think it's really great that we kind of both pick topics even you know, we're surprised we're recording everything the same day from last week and this week about like stories and truth and lies I don't know. It's kind of like a very similar themes, but also very different. Do you ever notice how we do that, though? Like, yeah. you, you will choose an episode, then I'll do one the next week, and we'll prepare it separately, and then realize, like, we covered very similar topics, and we yes. go through kind of swings like that. That's not intentional. We're not we're not trying to, like, keep doing the same themes. But it, it's funny, uh, over the three years of doing this, seeing how most movies play off the same themes, just in different ways. Right, which is I think, I think that's why you you know you and Steve came up with this podcast. Yeah, for sure. It's trying to tell one major story. Yeah, uh, check out Joseph Campbell, uh, the expert on great stories and uh, uh, what the components are. That's all I got. So, do you have any challenges for us? Ooh, um, buy a lion. Yes, buy a lion, uh, start a tiger zoo. No, don't do any of those <laughs> I don't know. Dude, I'm sure you, I mean, you had to already have thought of some, so I want to hear yours first, and I'll add to them. If I, I, actually, I actually didn't, but I'm looking at the themes that I had written down here, and just from the very get-go um, is the, the story, right? And so the, the, the central theme of this episode, but of the whole podcast in general, is the power of our story. And I feel like we haven't done this as a challenge in a long time, so I'm going to say it. 
share your story with someone, especially your faith story. And it can be anything from uh, a three-minute testimony to a 20-minute conversation or longer, whatever. But share your story. Um, If you are a parent, talk to your kids about your life. That's one thing that I've, I've brought up to my parents multiple times is that I just I feel like I don't know their story super well. Um, and I wish I did. And so if you're a parent, we as children love to know the stories of our parents. And uh, if you are a grandparent, share your story. It has power. And if you're young, uh, I know we have a lot of teens that listen to guys share your story. Because just because you're young doesn't mean your story isn't powerful, right? Like I said, uh, I started doing ministry when I was like 17 or 18, and I had that same mentality that my story wasn't powerful, but in reality, it was. So share your story. That's my challenge. It's really interesting you said that about like your parents' story, because in that movie, The Big Sick, um, like I said, he's, he's from Pakistan, and so the whole idea is that... Uh, even in America, his parents are trying to have an arranged marriage for him. Mm-hmm. And he's meeting the f- the parents of the girl he's dating. And, you know, she's she's white. And so he's kind of keeping it secret and stuff. And she's telling he asks the mom, like, how she met her husband. And she explains it. And then she asks how his parents met. And like, well, you know, in, in our country, like, it's an arranged marriage. So my dad went to go see like a drive-in movie and really it was a setup like it was a fake it was a date that everyone set up and so he met my mom and that was it and the mom's like oh well what movie did they watch and he's like you know i have no idea i never thought to ask like for us it was just because it was arranged that's the story but there was a story there and so the last next time he saw his dad he's like hey dad i have a question like what movie did you guys see and his dad told him like he knew everything like it like he was reliving it and he was like why you want to know he's like just curious yeah but that meant something to him in that moment and it was just that's really interesting because that was in that movie too yeah and, and even the power of like seeing like that father recount that story i think that has power in itself like even re- regardless of what the story the movie is or what the story was or if the movie was good the like the fact that he was reliving that from his memory like that's that's powerful and that's something that i think we as humans like to we like to see and that's why we ask like you see little kids ask their grandparents to tell the same story over and over again right yes it's not because the story's good it's because we like to experience that with with that person i think there's something valuable there too and Sorry to cut in again, but I thought of another challenge is simply to do something useless this week. Oh, um, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I know I've been playing way too much video games, so that's probably uh, excessive. But like um, if you have a yard, go play in the yard. Toss toss the ball with, with uh, your family or just sit out in the sun and lay there. Not to get a tan, but just because you can just sit there. Right, we have no excuse. It's quarantine. We can literally do nothing, and it's fabulous. So, do something useless. I That's it. all I got. Do you have any other challenges? No, you literally stole the first one. And sorry, you started speaking. I thought about it, and then like that's what I was gonna say. And then uh, the useless one is even better. So, well, for the record, I did tell you to go first, so that's on you. Yeah, you did. You did. Uh, do you have any shout-outs at least? Me. Shout, Shout out to me. Gordon. Happy birthday 
Gordon. Is it actually today, today? Like it is today, today. Saturday? Like Saturday. Wow. That's amazing. We gave your brother a shout out a couple weeks ago. A shout yeah. out to you. Technically, his is tomorrow. Yeah. And yours, your brother's birthday too, right? Uh, yeah, my brother's was uh, last week. So. All right. So many what? birthdays. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Uh, well, shout out to Gordon, guys. Uh, hit up our social oh, media and wish I do have a shout out. I do have a shout out. Sarah Matler. Oh. Because she, she requested this topic. Oh, yeah, she did. I was like, why did we do this movie? Like, it's great, but I <laughs> definitely did not think of this. Yes, that is awesome. Shout out yes. to Sarah. There we go. Good topic. All right, you want to sign us off? Yeah, otherwise, thank you guys so much for just joining us once again, especially in this time for another week. Um, we, we just love it. Uh, Clint mentioned this last week, but I'm going to retouch on it because I really liked it. Like, we've noticed we've kind of been slacking on putting it out on social media and i think it's just like the juggling of things like kind of editing and, and done but if you subscribe to to our channel wherever you listen whether it's you know apple Podcasts or whatever you know you'll see it once it comes out so subscribe and rate us if if you like what you're listening to just give us that five stars so other people can find us and subscribe and you know that's one way to answer that challenge you can help share our story by sharing our podcast. Uh, if you don't know where our social media is or other things like that, we have a website, thechristinculture.com, um, where you can access those episodes and that social media links, Facebook forward slash the Christ and Culture, uh, Twitter at On the Adventure 2, where we kind of post each week's episodes and just you can hit us up and let us know what you love, hate, recommend new topics. Otherwise, if you want to support us, we do have a Patreon with gifts. Right now, we've been asking during this time, don't, to please instead uh, put your money towards other people who need it way more than we do right now. And otherwise, yeah, this has been great. And thanks, as always, for joining us on the adventure. We'll see you guys next week. Yep. Peace.